Marketing Made Easy, the podcast on this episode. Oh my God, why isn't everyone doing this? They should teach it at school. Absolutely, or at the very least teach it during our chartered accounting training or when you're at university learning accounting and finance. Like, why was this never brought up at any point? Now here are your hosts from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello, hello. Welcome to another podcast from the Get Savvy Club. This is Marketing Made Easy. I'm Anita Baldwin and I'm here with Anna Geary. Hi, Anna. Hi, you okay? Yes, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, really well. Thank you very much. Excited for this one. I was excited to get Annette on for a while because, well, you'll see or hear in this actual um, podcast episode about the book that she talks about. And basically, it's weird, isn't it? How our whole business is based around a book that a guy wrote. But I suppose everything starts everywhere, doesn't it? Well, not our whole business because she's a qualified accountant accountant anyway sort of though I love the fact that when you're self-employed you don't know where life will take you and you think well you know I could be doing anything next year because when I was in corporate um and married to my ex-husband I just knew what I'd be doing today tomorrow next week next year five years I'd be going to my little job coming home and looking after the kids, <laughs> cooking dinner, making fish fingers, screaming at them, and all. I just like oh, holidays God. would be at this time and this time. Yeah, yeah. you know, you, that's when you'd be travelling. That's when you'd be doing this. That's yeah, yeah exactly. But well, yeah, you're right because well, since been in him and then go self-employed. <laughs> no, I never know what I'm going to do. Doing. You I love never it. know. Awesome. You never know. Well, we could never have seen you know having to stay in. <laughs> It's one of the plans for over a year, could we? That wasn't part of it and being like a full-time teacher and all that malarkey, but still still interesting and different. Did it, still alive. Kids are still alive, just about. Got through it. And um, I don't think I've emotionally scarred them too much. They're not any stupider, are they, either, to be fair? Like, they've not gone backwards with their education or anything like that. If anything, they've just learned different ways of learning, I think. Well, yeah, my daughter, who's 14, I asked her what she was doing a while ago, and she said the suffragettes. So I'm not so sure. She's the bright one as well. Just a despair of her. Anyway, back to Marketing Made Easy. So today our guest is Annette Ferguson, who, um, as Anna said, basically... Um, is an accountant and who's built a business around a book called, and a, well, it's not just a book, is it? It's a whole way of managing business called Profit First. And this is a vital episode. If you're like me, you're running your own business and the thought of looking at finances makes you just want to run. And you've, it's one of those things that you just put off, put yeah, off, put please off. Please don't think to yourself, I'm going to skip this one because oh, I hate anything to do with finance. If you're feeling like that, this is one that you need to listen to because it will change your mindset around the cash flow in your business and, how and business. it will make it easier for you in the long run um and so some of the things that Annette talks about doing did make me want to run for the hills but actually if you're going to make your life easier in the long run and you're more in control you're not going to get that tax bill where you go oh my god where am I going to find that money and Annette was talking about how um you know even six figure businesses and beyond the business owner is often taking home very little money because they're just getting the scraps at the end so if that sounds like you then you definitely need to listen to this Um, and to get in control. So without further ado, let's get into it. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe. My name is Annette Ferguson. I'm CEO of Annette & Co, which is a UK-based accounting firm. So I'm a chartered accountant and certified profit-first professional. And basically what we do is we work with business owners and businesses to make them more profitable so that the business owner has more money in their pocket and they are not just living off the financial scraps of their 
their business. It's common that you've got your own business and you've got these costs, this money coming in and these costs going out. And then you kind of go, right, what have I got left at the end of each month? And often that's not very much. So that's the whole ethos of what you do, isn't it? It is absolutely. Yeah, because this can even happen with six and seven and even eight figure businesses that you get more clients, you build the you build your customer base and the money comes in and then it's gone and the money comes in and then it's gone. And it feels like you're constantly kind of saying, well, with the next client, we'll get more with the next, with the next, with the next. And it it never comes because the expenses increase at the same rate as the revenue does. So yeah, what we do is put a stop to that situation and get the business reset in terms of its financials so that actually you can end up with the money home that you should be getting from your business. So, so I've uh, read Profit First um, and mm-hmm. now we are uh, running that with our business as well. Not yeah. properly, properly. We are going to look to get it done. I, I am like, I actually listened to a podcast around it the other day and mm-hmm. they said, are you doing it the right way or are you doing Profit First? And I was like, I am the ish. Um, <laughs> Most not people doing are. It, yeah, we do need to sort mm-hmm. that out. But do you want to explain to the listeners um, about the book Profit mm-hmm. First and obviously how yeah. you can Certify Profit First. Person. Yeah, absolutely. So Profit First is a book by uh, Mike Michalowicz. And basically, it is a cash management strategy. So um, in, in a nutshell, um, basically, it teaches you how to manage the cash in your business in a way that means that it doesn't feel like the money's coming in and it's disappearing out again. But how I got involved with Profit First and became a Profit First professional was that I love reading business books. I read business books all the time and I stumbled across it. My son was a teeny tiny baby. He was six weeks old at the time and he did not sleep at all, ever, it seemed. <laughs> I had one of those, yep. Yeah. I had two of them, it was amazing. Oh. Anyway, um, they during night feeds, I used to read a lot. I used to have like a dim light that I had on and I would be settling him and I would read on my Kindle for hours on end at night whilst I was settling him. And one of the books I came across at that point in time was Profit First. And as I was reading it, I, I really was thinking, well, why is this not been taught anywhere why have I not learned this before why wasn't this covered in my chartered accounting training I don't understand you know I've been studying this stuff for years like why is this new to me and it and it and it really hit me at that point because um I w- I had a business that had a six-figure revenue and was in that exact position. The money would come in, it would disappear out. The money would come in, it would disappear out. And um, so it really spoke to me with that from that lens as well, from kind of both sides. And before I got to the end, I was sending them a message going, I need to be certified in this. I need, I need to get this out to people. I need to do this with my clients. Like, tell me what I need to do. And at that point, they kind of go, whoa, 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 you have to have it implemented and working in your own business before you can ever think about teaching it to other people. So I was like, okay, fine. So basically, that's what I did. I went away, I got it implemented in my business, I went through the training, I became certified and, and have been ever since then. And as I say, that was, um, that was in uh, 2015, that, um, that I discovered the book. Do you work on a one-to-one basis with your clients or do you have like a a group thing as well we have both so we have Mm -hmm. one we have clients that come to us that want us to do all the like accounting bookkeeping the traditional accounting work as well and for those clients we work on a one-to-one basis with them 
doing both that and getting Profit First set up, implemented and in place. But we also have a group uh, membership program called the Business Wealth Academy, where we do this stuff in a group setting too. And so the fundamentals of, I haven't read the book, Anna has and lent it to me and I've just kept it on a shelf for a few months and then gave it back to her. I read it, passed it to Anita, she didn't read it. Then I read it again. Then I listened Then I listened to it on audio. Then I read it again before I even took the first steps. And like I said, I'm still on the ish. I'm still not like doing it right 100, 100, 100%, but I'm on board massively with it. And I guess it's one of those things it takes a while to, well, I don't know, there's probably people out there that do it, read it and go, right, implement it and start. But there's others that are like me that take a while to to get their head around it. But as I understand it, the fundamental principles are about taking in the money you've got in and then putting them in various pots so that you're making sure you always pay yourself. Or have I got that confused? No, no, that's absolutely right, Anita. So it basically works off the same premise that is what is called the envelope method for personal finances, whereby, um, you know, in years gone by, your grandfather would have come home from work with his physical pay in his hand, you know, the notes, notes that he'd been given from his employer and granny would take them and she'd put some in the rent bucket pot she'd put some in the utilities pot she'd put some in the food pot and when it came to shopping day she'd pick up the food pot and she'd go out the door to buy her shopping and that's what she had available and that's what she spent and it basically does that for business so it says okay instead of you know these physical pots you have separate bank accounts for the separate things in your business so the money will come into the income bank account and then it will be divvied up so some will go into the profit bank account some will go into the owner's pay bank account some will go into the tax bank account and some will go into the operating expenses bank account and what you have in the operating expenses bank account is what you have to run your business yeah and actually banks make this easier for you now don't they because we're with starling bank and we've got they, they, yeah. they call them spaces so you will just said, no this is where we do it ish and we do it wrong and because <laughs> i'll do it and she's going to tell us off now because really what we should we shouldn't be having spaces and moving the money into the space what we should have is a physical separate completely different bank account to put that money in and never see it again because we have fell into the trap of this which is where we've taken money back out of that space which you should never do when you need something for something else whereas obviously if you've got your tax one your money goes into that tax one bye-bye you don't see it until it's tax paying time and obviously a lot of i know a lot of um business owners that have had the issue whereby time to pay your tax comes and they haven't got that money there because they've used it in other places and then they're or they've got a huge tax bill they've got to go and pay well the idea of this is that will more than cover it and then actually you might have a bit left over that you can give yourself so although starling's great with the spaces it's not actually the the right way to do it that's about your own discipline isn't it because you could get it out of another bank account as easy as you can get it out of the space that's exactly what it comes down to often nita so we do have clients that manage as it were to work with things like Starling and Monzo who have the spaces and pots functions. There is the temptation with those bank accounts because you see it there and it's right there and to take it back out. And so part of that is a, is a discipline is that, you know, do you do you as an individual see the money sitting in that tax account and think, oh, that's interesting. I might be mm. able to spend that on a new course that I've seen over there that I really like the look of. Or are you somebody that says like once it's in tax, it's, it's to all intents and purposes, HMRC's money. Yeah, because I'm quite good at that. 
because that's how I've always run my personal. I always put money in a savings account. And for me, that's gone, that money, until I, you know, need it for something like my ex-husband. I'd say, oh, you know, we're skint this month um, until we get paid. He'd go, are we skint? Or have you just moved all the money out of our bank account and you're trying to pretend we're skint? I go, doesn't matter. Same thing. <laughs> There's no money in our current account. Don't spend anything. And he'd be like, oh, okay. But then we always had enough money to go on holiday and, you know, things like that. So for me, that's quite easy. That's the kind of next iteration that many business owners do is that when they have it working in their business, they also put it into their personal account. So yeah, we've got a holiday fund in our personal lives. We are looking at buying a new house. We've got a new house pot. We've got, you know, we've got these various pots now as well in our in our personal accounts mm. as well as the business accounts too. Why do you think that the normal accountancy mm. world haven't got on board with this yet? Because it's all, like you say, the normal accountancy world, if you try and act, ask any normal accountant mm. where you are in your business right now you never know because you're always waiting yeah. until you always know like a month later you never know real time mm -hmm. so why do you think people just do they just not been educated or is just because establishment tradition I, I think it's all of those things so I and I also think there's an element of people don't like change they don't like new stuff you know Mike Michalowicz has come in the author of Profit First he's not a qualified accountant so there's a bit of that I am sure in there as well um whereby you know oh yeah this this American has come in with this thing like um, you know, from from accountants who have been resistant to taking it on board, I've heard things like, why would you need that? I don't, you know, they just can't, they can't quite comprehend. They're not as open-minded as you then. They're yeah. not reading the business books daily. And could you find that, don't yeah. you? People are in a, they've almost gone gone down a path where they're, they're not entrepreneurs. They might have mm -hmm. their own business as an accountant, yeah. but they're yeah. not entrepreneurs because they're not open to new ways and reading books and things. They've literally mm. followed a path of, a levels, um, mm -hmm. get get their degree, then go and get exactly. their CMA or yeah. um, you know, what ACCA or whatever, and then become an accountant. So although mm -hmm. they have a business, they don't have a yeah. business open mind of new ways and ideas of doing things. I guess. Yeah, which I which I also think is quite sad because if if they're if the mindset is like, why would you need this? Then you have to question. Well, do you really understand your client base? Yeah. They must sit there with and have those mm. awful conversations at the end yeah. of the, the year and, and where they have to literally look in the eyes of their client and say, you've made nothing <laughs> or yeah. you've made this much of a loss or, yeah, you've made this, but, oh, by the way, you've got paid this tax bill. And they're like, what? And they're like, what? Where, where from? But I'm betting and, and any decent accountant isn't suddenly getting a tax bill at the end of their year that they're not aware of and haven't got the money aside. <laughs> so if they're kind of prepared then it's their duty almost I think to say well this is how I do it you're going to get a tax bill don't be you know make sure you're putting away money and things like that but they're not because traditional accountancy is very reactive isn't it rather than proactive so this is about flipping it around and becoming more proactive with your finances I guess it is yeah absolutely and it's about taking control it's about taking control of the cash and money in your business and actually you know fundamentally making the business work for you and not the other way around so mm -hmm. how long did it take for you to um implement it yourself and then get on board mm -hmm. and actually um, be someone that can help other people do it yeah so the the whole process from me reading the book to me becoming kind of fully qualified and and putting it into our first client's business 
was around seven months, I think, something oh, okay. like that. So there are a lot of differences between how it's done in the US and, and how you've um, had to implement it here. There are, there are certainly some tweaks that need to be made because, for example, the US doesn't have VAT at all. So no. that whole part needs, you know, needs some tweaking in terms of working in the UK, working out what the percentages are, et cetera, et cetera, having a separate bank account for VAT. Um, also, you know, various different types of bank accounts exist in the UK to the US. So there's a little bit of translation um, involved in there as well. Um, and then people are often worried about, well, how does this work with my payroll and my dividends and those kinds of things versus like how we declare stuff in the US. Yeah. Um, so those pieces take a little bit of kind of puz puzzle slotting together as it were um but it's you know it's very implementable there are hundreds we have hundreds of clients implementing profit first in the uk and i i know there are hundreds and hundreds more people doing it um without us as well so yeah yeah and i'm guessing once they implement it they're not turning back from that yeah. no i mean i don't know anyone that said yeah i've done profit first i've got it in my business i decided that it was no good and i went like i've never i've no, not once at all ever yeah. heard anyone say that because it works yeah it's yeah. that fab thing of knowing that it's every every quarter you look and you take what's you take mm -hmm. your money for yourself you pay because i always i always used to hear gurus and people that have businesses and have a lot of money and whatever and there's one person that jumps to mind straight mm -hmm. away always saying like pay yourself first and i always used to think how what do you even mean yeah. by that like you how can you possibly you've got to run a business so there's all these things you've got to pay before yeah. like you even come into it so I could never it took me ages to get my, mm. my head around that and I guess that's mm. how a lot of people think isn't it like pay yourself first when actually we're not paying ourselves first are we most yeah. of the time as business owners we're paying ourselves with whatever is left after mm -hmm. it and this is about really changing your mindset around that and this book was the first time that actually although I'd heard it 10 million times before from mm -hmm. various different people saying pay yourself first couldn't understand or get my head around it at all well, because the question that. becomes how yeah like, exactly. I don't understand how because like you say like I've got I've got all these costs I don't mm. get how and that's you know we often have people um when they start to implement profit first and this is a big reason why they steal back from the other accounts as well is because they 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 do one of two things. So either like you, they read the book like 15 times and then they implement or they they jump straight in. But what they jump straight in with is the um, percentage allocations suggested in the book. So the thing to understand is that in the book, they suggest the percentages that you move the money into the different accounts with. And those are your ideal percentages but 99.9% .9 of businesses are not operating anywhere near their ideal percentages at this point in time so what needs to happen is you need to basically move yourself closer to those percentage allocations if you're if you don't have if you don't have any profit in your business now just by putting money into different bank accounts at the percentage that is suggested in profit first won't work because you haven't changed anything else. Um, you know, it's fundamentally part of the process has to be assessing the costs in your business, understanding if they're in the right place, understanding if there are any what I call money leaks in your business, money that's just disappearing out the door and getting control of your money. That's what it's about. So once you understand that and you start getting that working, then you can start getting the money moved into different pots. But you also 
um, probably still can't jump straight to those percentages. That needs to be tracked and moved towards so that you don't end up stealing back from yourself. You don't end up in a place where you've just taken all the money at the tax account to pay for a coach Stana. or whatever, yeah. staff. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Anna here, interrupting this episode. Um, to ask you a favor, you listeners, you are great. We're like, our downloads are flying. Thank you very much, Podbean, for featuring us every single week. For ages. We are, yeah, we are super grateful. Um, but we are, you know, we are, Anita's very needy. She likes um, yeah. praise. She, she likes... She, I don't when, get a lot of it at home, do I? Yeah, so. she doesn't get much attention just in day-to-day life so she would really love she loves to read your reviews and hear how how great she is so if you haven't subscribed to this yet or reviewed it and you think you know what, i get a lot of value from this i might give them a review then please review it um and we may even shout you out on this podcast and you may even win the book that's recommended too anyway so that one here from oh, dragon who did it 24 days ago and put love it short and sweet but yeah, love it, Dragon. Simple, it's simple. Back to the episode. Does this work for any business then? It doesn't matter what your business is, how big you are, how small, it'll work for any business. We literally have worked with businesses across every single sector that I can think of. Um, and, you know, particularly when you look at all the Profit First certified um, accountants worldwide, like there's no place where people have gone, actually, we tried this in this sector and it just didn't work. That We mm. just don't see that at all. Um, the same from kind of startups to eight, nine figure businesses are running this model. Um, the only place it doesn't work is if you're pre-revenue, if you're in the startup phase, and you've not generated any revenue you can't by definition allocate <laughs> it out anywhere because you don't yeah, have any yeah. so that you know that's the situation that it just doesn't work in because there's nothing create your pots and there. wait for the money yeah exactly <laughs> i mean you can yeah you can set up the back-end hmm. system so yeah. that you, it's ready for you but you physically can't do it until you have cash coming in the door I caught the end of uh, Dragon's Den yesterday and there was this uh, two blokes that were on there that had this idea about, um, I didn't properly understand what it was, but it was about helping your child to read using some kind of digital thing rather than books anymore because they're saying like, kids don't have books they have they want to be on their computers or their ipads or whatnot and it was when i sort of thought well, everyone knows about that don't they and they were saying they've got seventy thousand users on their site already um only three thousand are active or something but they haven't made a penny in their yeah. business yet and i was like how do these people do this because they just hadn't said press the go live you know like to, to yeah. start taking it's a subscription monetize idea it. where maybe it'd be like three pound 99 a month or yeah. however much a month but obviously the dragons were a bit worried because it's like you've got seventy thousand people that have signed up only three thousand actively use it how much yeah and, gonna want and it? zero paying and zero paying at the moment so it's mm. like seventy thousand might in theory think is a good idea three thousand are actually interested at using it for free how mm. many of those you're going to pay and so there are businesses that will will um you know rely on debt funding or equity Mm -hmm. finance raising to start with to get going build platforms etc etc which is all great but you need revenue coming in to do profit first you can't you can't split revenue up because what a, a fundamental principle as well of profit first is that you don't keep incurring debt in your business yeah. is that if you you know you freeze 
the debt situation and that you look at getting debt paid off rather than incurring more. So if someone was in debt then with their business, Mm -hmm. do they have an extra pot then to pay the debt back or something? So what happens is the expectation is that you make minimum repayments always on debt. So that will come out of your operating expenses. But then the plan is to overpay on your debt to get it get it away faster. And how that works is that you take your profit pot and 99% of that profit pot goes on debt repayments and 1% uh, comes to you. Yeah, you are seen as an if you're an owner, but you are also working in the business, mm. they see you as a as somebody that yeah, you, you are an actual person that mm-hmm. works in the business as well. So mm-hmm. you still get paid for the work that you do. And then, yeah, the profit is what's divided out every three months, isn't it? It's like yeah. um, you know, whatever's there and the percentages and things, which is good. And I like the fact that you put in X amount back in as well. I like mm-hmm. it's not all going straight yeah. back out. So. It sounds like such a lot of common sense. No wonder you read this and went, oh, my God, why isn't everyone doing this? They should teach it at school. You know, it should be how we manage our own finances. Absolutely. Or at the very least, teach it during our chartered accounting training or when you're at university learning accounting and finance. Like, why was this never brought up at any point? When was the book written? How old is it? Um, Let's have a look. I've got copyright 2014. Oh, oh right. so you you did find out about it quite early on then. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I was relatively early-ish because when I found out about it worldwide, there was only, I think there was less than 200 of us worldwide at that oh, wow. point. So really, you've got your... Um kids not sleeping to thank for all this I do yeah I know who would have thought my now nearly seven-year-old is to uh he sleeps now I'm assuming he does oh although he was up last night but only just to wee so that's okay Yeah. yeah we did a thing where someone was basically um I think they'd been sacked or something. It turned into a great opportunity. It's like when your worst time actually becomes your best time and you don't see it when you're in the thick of it. But looking back, you're like, oh, everything happens for a reason and all that malarkey. If somebody's listening to this now and they're thinking, I never pay myself in my business or they do, but they're like, oh, it's not anywhere near as what I expected it to be. What would Mm -hmm. what what are sort of um, a few tips that you could give them off the back of the profit first system? Well, in all honesty, my first tip would be read the book, get the Mm. book, read the book, because, um, you know, it's a it's a great it's a it's a great uh, system to install in your business. But the first one I would say is find and identify money leaks in your business. Now, how I recommend people do this is that they basically gather together all their business bank and credit card statements anywhere where business spending is happening. It might be in PayPal, but just gather all the statements together for the last 12 months. And you can do this electronically or you can do this in paper. Personally, I like to do it in paper. So the thought of doing that completely daunts me. It might do. And you probably need a glass of wine by the side of (laughs) you as you're doing that also. Um, But if you gather them all together and then you kind of grab a highlighter and a pen and the first pass through the pile, um, ask yourself, is this expense 100% necessary to keep the proverbial lights on in my business? 100%. Not nice to have, not 80%, like 100%. That's going to be tax, insurance, like absolutely necessary. And if the answer is yes, then highlight that, highlight that expense and go through page by page, line by line, every single page. And then go back to the start and ask yourself with your pen in your hand, is this expense delivering me a positive return in my business? And if the answer is yes, it's delivering a positive return in terms of money or time, then you can circle that expense. And again, go through line by line, page by page, 
This might in reality take you an hour or two to do, but it's a really good use of the time because once you get to the end, you'll have some stuff that's highlighted, some that's circled, some that's both, and some that is none. And for the stuff that's not marked at all, the question is, what is the purpose of it in your business? Now, the purpose might be, it's a nice to have. I enjoy having this thing. And I'm not against that at all. That's okay. But what we need to understand with that is the nice to haves in our business is the money that we could be taking home. Mm. Then and, and and it's a puzzle. So it's 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 one or the other. It's either you spend it on the nice to haves, or you can have it as take home. <clears throat> it's your choice ultimately because it's your business. But if you're in a place where you're not taking home it much from your business at all, then asking yourself if the nice to haves really are that nice to have i guess a lot of people are doing it now because of covid they're probably they are. looking around offices. like why on earth have we do we have an office why do yeah, we come to this office why do we pay out every month to have this office and you know you can probably look, i don't know when i used to have staff i could easily look around mm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like what are we doing that? here <laughs> <laughs> that's a complete i bet issue. you were just like hey you it's not america here so you can't in america <laughs> yeah. they literally if you if, mm. if you walk into work one morning the boss it's just in a funny mood or they don't feel like you being there anymore. They can just go get your stuff and go like that's in America. They can do that. I'm not saying that's better. But you're absolutely right with the offices. You know, I um, I think I wrote a blog post about three years ago saying, like, do you really need an office? Are you sure you need an office? Because you probably don't need an office. Mm -hmm. And um, and like you say, many, many people have over the last year realized that actually they don't need an office and their staff are just as productive at home, if not more so. And it's been a real eye opener, I think, for a lot of businesses. Yeah, it's a trust thing, isn't it? It's it's about trusting your staff to not be right in front of you to be working. And that's a big thing. And if you can get over that, you're right. People appreciate being able to work from home because they don't have a commute and they can shove a wash on and things like that so it's much better it is an ego thing as yeah, well for, for businesses yeah. for some business right. guys because i used to go to rotary and there's all old guys there and when i used to say what i did they'd be like where's your office anna mm. i'd be like oh, I, don't, I don't have like never need mm. an office and i was like i don't need an i don't like i don't have an office we don't need one they were always like oh you must come to our offices for a coffee mm. because they wanted to say look how well we're doing because our offices are so fantastic so it's a bit like of when um when Dress Down Friday was first introduced and I was working in corporate years ago and there were some people who were generally old men who just couldn't do it, would just come in in a shirt and tie Friday and be like, hey, Bob, it's Dress Down Friday, what are you doing? Like, I'm just going to wear this. No, it works, work. This is what I wear. Yeah. <laughs> this is, I'm in the zone. Some people need that, don't they, to feel they that they're, even, even working from home this COVID, they still worn their like suit mm, yeah. <laughs> to, their, to their office space but that's yeah. a mindset thing more than, more than anything if you can't trust your staff to work mm. from home do you really have the right staff yeah <laughs> Yeah, but it's always the issue with you, isn't it? It is completely. You, you feel you yeah. can't trust mm -hmm. them. It's yeah. But I think you're absolutely right. We set up, even in our personal life, we set up payments and then they just keep coming out and coming out and nobody ever reviews them. And thinks, like you and your oh, Amazon. Yeah, I had Amazon Prime for seven years and I didn't even know I had it. I just thought, Amazon are great. They deliver free all the time. <laughs> it's only when I said it to someone that they went, sure, I haven't got Prime. And I went, what's Prime? And I looked at it, I'd had it. I'd done a free trial, hadn't I? And then never cancelled it. So, yeah, so, yeah, I we need to look at our own. I remember when I read um, or listened to Denise Duffield-Thomas's book and she's saying that, you know, if you don't 
respect money, it was not going to come to you. So understand where you're spending every bit of money. Don't just like not look at your bank account because you're a bit worried that it won't look great. And I am very much ahead in the sand when it comes to finance. Like I said to you, did I? We need this Microsoft payment that we do every month. Well, obviously mm. we do because you kind of need to have that. Oh, I don't know. But I don't know what it's for. But I just like really resent it. It like, mm. feels like it's not doing anything. I'm sure it is, but it's, it's yeah. not. <laughs> but, you know, we always say if you, if it's important and if you don't want to do it or you can't do it or you don't have time to do it, go and find someone who can do it. And that's the, the next bit. I mean, it's great to understand your own finances. You have to do that sort of, you know, Anna does that for us sort of. But, um, but yeah, you need someone who, and I think um, go and find an accountant who has a proactive attitude and can start saying, right, here's what you need to be doing and not just wait till the end of the year and go right your tax bill is going to be this see ya Alan and each and I know each other is like locally in the area that we're, we're based because we, our kids went to the same school and things so when we started mm-hmm. up obviously this pre-covid times mm-hmm. we thought it'd be nice to use an accountant that's local to it yeah. you know we'll go mm-hmm. some people that we've worked, met at networking and things mm-hmm. and we went and we, we we contacted them a few of them and we said oh we'll come and we'll meet meet you and see and both of us were like look we really want some we want an accountant that's not just going to like tell us that we want you to understand our business and yeah. make um, suggestions and do this. Yeah. And and pretty much all of them, when we went to see them, were they were Ooh. almost very assumptive that um, we were just going to go with them. It was like, this is how it works. Oh. <laughs> and like, we were like, well, what, what more? And I even said, like, what more do you do as an account? Mm. Like, and one even just laughed at us. Like, what do you mean? Well, I'm just going to do your account. And I thought, and, and you know what, actually, I think now, because of what we do as our mm. business, um, you know, a lot of the old school traditional normal accountants that perhaps we thought networking locally, they just don't understand the business model of what yeah. of what we're in and how. I think they just thought it was going to be similar to what perhaps we did before, which was recruitment. Well, I think and... actually, I think it's worse than that. I think they don't want to understand the business mm, model. No. They just want to do what they do and slot yeah. that into as many clients as they yeah. can, and then crack on. I think yeah. you're absolutely right, Anita. I think that is um, that is a big issue, and. You know, if you're a business that's selling online, you're taking money via Stripe or PayPal and you've got Kajabi plugged in here and you've got some zaps going on and all this kind of stuff. If your accountant doesn't understand that ecosystem, then the question is, how are they able to advise you appropriately? You know, how do they know the the VAT is being accounted for correctly in your Stripe account if they don't understand how Stripe speaks to everything else or, you know, all those things. Like how how can they possibly actually even get the basics working? Because like any other business, we want to make sure we're paying, you know, as little tax as mm, possible to make sure here's what you can do in your business to, um, you know, mitigate that great big tax bill and start doing all these things. So we want someone to advise us on all of that as well. Yeah, no, you can't do that. <laughs> well, I understand, like, obviously in our business, we do five, we, part of our business is we do five-day challenge, mm-hmm. um, launch, and then obviously yeah. we, we, sell, we sell the challenge. And of if they don't understand that, and they're like, oh, your, your income's jumped to this amount. Yes. Yeah. All that money. Because we're in launch. Like, yeah. Yeah. All that. It's not, that's not that now. Mm. Indefin- mm. That's not our new norm. That's just mm. there. Like, don't be nice, do wouldn't your- it? cash flow based on that yeah. forever because that's you know that's going to go back down again obviously so but mm. but we're not obviously because if they don't understand what you're doing then yeah well yeah bad. because if they're not saying when are your launches mm. then they exactly. don't know which is about niching isn't it and being specialists is what we say to our clients all the time if you can 
work with any business, then fine. Why would an individual business want to work with you? Because you're not saying I'm for you. I understand your business model and I can really help you. And that's as business owners, that's who we're looking for, for all of our providers. Or we should be because you're going to get a better service from them and you're going to benefit from the stuff they learn with their other clients and that they can then talk to you about as well. Because an accountant should be a strategic part of your business, shouldn't they? Yeah, absolutely. And it's really interesting because accountants have been kind of attempting to brand themselves as, you know, strategic business advisors, probably for about the last 20 years. But in reality, it is, it is absolutely and utterly for 99%. Give you like a, I don't know, some business course thing that they found Mm. or something. But we fell for that. We paid a fortune to somebody and they basically just did our accounts at the end of the month, didn't they? And it, But they talked about all the strategic things and you know as well they're doing it for the day before your meeting because suddenly you have to give them access. You know, it pings you a code when they try and get into your systems. So you think, oh, we're meeting tomorrow. You're just like, shit, I haven't done anything for the Get Savvy Club. Yeah, and it's like you're supposed to be looking all the time but you, didn't. you yeah. just like j- jumped it. I know even more embarrassing when they've got to ask Anita like, oh, can you give us the pin code to let <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. Have you just seen <laughs> that we that we're meeting tomorrow? Well, we um with the Get Savvy Club, we always ask a couple of questions at the end of our podcasts. Mm. And the first one is um what makes you savvy? As if we don't already know. I am um, well, I think the main thing that um that makes me savvy is is uh, a focus for me on building a business that supports my life and not the other way around. Yeah. Perfect. And the other question is, and I might already know the answer to this as well, <laughs> what business book would you recommend? Of course, we've been speaking about it all podcast. I recommend Profit First. But, um, you know, to, to put another one in the mix there, because we've been speaking about that all podcast, I also would highly recommend people li- um, listen or read the book Traction, which Ooh. is by Gina Wickman. It's called Traction with the, the sub the subtext on it is it get a grip on your business, um, oh. which sounds sounds slightly aggressive in terms of no, a, of a subline, but actually it's um yeah it's a really good read, so I recommend that one as well. Cool, I'll read that one before we send it off. Brilliant. So if good. people want to find out more about you, Annette, what is the best way for them to? do I mean, obviously I'll get the link mm. put in the show notes, but what what's the best? yeah great well i also have a podcast so they can head over to uncover wealth radio and um, check out my podcast and then our website is annetteandco.co.uk if you're enjoying marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club use your podcast app to rate review and subscribe awesome so that was annette ferguson another great episode from annette and co if you are thinking oh that sounds good go and read the book go and check her out Uh, she may be able to help you in your business get that profit in and make you have most of the profit instead of it coming in and going back out again because that's super frustrating so we will be back again on thursday for another get savvy quickie i always pause when i say that because it's really hard for me to say for some reason yeah um and in the meantime don't forget to review subscribe rate it all the other things that you do with podcasts we can we'll send you profit first if you um tag us or traction and traction So screenshot it, tag us in, and if you win, we will send you the book, either traction, well, actually, so we'll, we'll give you the traction and we'll give you profit first. <gasps> Ooh, We're all it's out like there. on one of those game shows. Ooh. Yeah, when the game show, it's game like being shows, on uh, Supermarket like um, Suite. No, it isn't. Actually, Ryland can do that. He does sometimes say, oh, go on then. Or Dale used to do that. Dale just override whatever and say, oh, you can have that, you can have that. 
Yeah, I'd do that if I was a host. I'd love to do that. Yeah, Especially if it's not their money, is it? Just go, yeah, you might get sacked, though, because you can't just have the rules and then you just go, you don't get, like, you can't throw a dart in the red or, was it red or black? Nothing for red. Stay in the black and out of the red. Nothing for two in a bed. Something like that. It's just come to me. So what's the rule? What is it then? In the red. Anyway, um, you can't Ooh. you can't put the dart in the wrong place and then you still give the thing away. That's not, you would not keep that job as bullseye host. If you did well, that. they might Jim, give me a warning first, though, might they? Jim Bowen wouldn't have kept that job for so long if it wasn't, you know, if he kept just you. giving away the, the speedboat. Well, then, then I need to sack you because you've just given away two boats. No, because I am in charge of this. <laughs> That's what you think. I? I'm not working for BBC. I'm not working for Thames or whoever <laughs> it was that used to be the bullseye. Is it Thames? I don't know. Anyway, bye. We're <laughs> finishing this episode now. See you on Thursday for the next Bye-bye. That was Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, join our Facebook group. Just search Get Savvy Club.